The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. Jennifer, you have a problem with your son? Yes. Yeah, he tell me. He is um, nine years old, and in the summertime, he was playing with a friend and the little sister who was just being potty trained, and she pulled her pants down and he touched her. The father came over and explained what happened, and, you know, we kind of chalked it up as curiosity. He was in trouble and talked to you about private parts, as I have many times. Okay, when you say trouble, what, what actually happened? If I were him... We took away consequences. We gave him consequences, and we took away things like his bike, and he was grounded. He couldn't play with friends, um, that type of thing. And how long was he grounded for? For one week. Okay. And then tell me what else. What happened um, next? Well, when he got in trouble, the thing that really troubled us and made us concerned is he said, you know, I wish I was dead. I'm a bad boy. Um, you know, why don't you put a knife in my heart? And right away we're like, no, no, you know, that's, you know, that's not what we, you know, I think, I'm not sure where it came from, mm-hmm. but, like, with talking to his pediatrician, he had said sometimes kids do that to divert the attention mm-hmm. to something else because immediately, you know, he is, we, I am a divorced parent, and my, my husband and I, his stepdad, we were talking to him, and, of course, we spoke to his father about it, so I don't know where that came from. So we thought the problem was handled. Well, on Monday, I got a door, a Somebody rang my doorbell, and it was a father of a little boy, and he said that Zach and his son were playing with his little sister and touched her private part. Okay, how, what's the age difference? Um, she's four. She's four, and he's now nine. He's nine. Okay. And when I asked him about it, mm-hmm. you know, he said it wasn't through the, you know, it was through her clothes, mm-hmm. but still, I'm very concerned, is this, you know, is this going to be a reoccurring problem? Is this... More than curiosity, did I not handle the first situation better? Um, you know, I would say you can't go back in time. I would say you haven't, who's that in the background? Oh, I have two other little ones. Oh, you are busy then. Yes, I am. Uh, girls, boys? Pardon? You know, a little girl? or a Yes, boy? I have a little girl. Oh. She is 15 months. So are you concerned about that too? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. You know, it's crossing my mind. Um, and, you know, I did the whole went to the bookstore last night and read through everything, went online, you know, looked through different questions and, you know, just really, I'm really concerned. Is this something I should have him seek therapy for or is this um, I'm making a big deal out of something? Yeah, here's what I like to do in these situations, especially when it's just once or twice. It's that... Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad, and then Alan will be back. Romance. Oh, I wish guys knew more about what we want from a relationship. (laughs) Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Ah, here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance. A Serious Romance Guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Hmm, the selfish path to romance. That is interesting. Yeah, here's what I like to do in these situations, especially when it's just once or twice. It's that kid's experiment. If he had touched the little girl's elbow, 
nobody would have made a fuss, right? right? If he saw that her elbow was a different shape than his and he touched it, it wouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. But because it happens to be the private parts and because mm-hmm. adults have a much bigger mm-hmm. context than young kids, than an eight-year-old or than a five-year-old, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our context is, oh my God, sexual molestation, you know, you're going mm-hmm. to have a pervert on your hand. Or you, right, you, that's what I'm worried you about. Start, have a <laughs> you start mm-hmm. catastrophizing. But then what happens? What happens is the parents themselves become the problem because if when they catastrophize, they do they make the issue small or big in the child's mind? Right. They make it huge in the child's mind, and the child feels an enormous sense of guilt that's totally out of proportion to the one incident, uh-huh. to like touching the elbow. Uh-huh. And so if at the time the consequences had just been, you know, everybody's got their own body and that belongs to them, and you, when you get to the private parts, honey, you can touch your own private parts in in private in your bedroom or in the tub. You know, you that's those are yours. Uh-huh. You can't touch anybody else's. You know, right. when you get older, we'll talk about we'll talk about other issues. But um, you know, because cause sex can be very nice, but not at your age. You know, if you had a talk like that and you never took away the bike, you never grounded him. It wouldn't have grown the his focus on it. Okay, so how do you think I should handle? This I situation? would just say I would uh, if he's nine years old. If he were about ten or eleven, I would tell you to get the books by Peter Maley. Okay. Where did I? Because um, uh, he'd be when? Pardon? Is it called What's Going On Down There? Um, he may have a new book. I know the books that I used with young kids who were uh, actually sexually abused, and I tried to help them put things in proportion, were What's Happening to Me and Where Did I Come From? When they start asking, you know, right. how a baby's made. And he's at the precipice, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12. You know, you get into the preteen years, and kids are smarter nowadays than in the past. They could probably tell us right. <laughs> the facts of life. I would not. I would try to think of your husband's history of um, what's called kitty play. It's not considered sexual. It's not considered sexual perversions or anything. It's just called kitty play. Okay. Now the problem, you know, you get the age differences. If you had a five and a seven-year-old, you know, in the tub touching each other's pots, maybe it was a little girl and a little boy being bathed together. You know, if a parent doesn't make a big deal of it, it's just a natural fact of life that we have different body parts, and kids are naturally curious. We want them to be curious. Okay, yeah. So you could not have a a pedophile or something. You might be having a a future doctor on your hand who's interested in body parts. Right. So I would... never been a Disney World kid, I like to say, like, yeah, He's never been the kid that accepts the the stories. He always has been a fact kid. Like, no, mom, that's not true. You know, he wants to know the facts. Old. Well, give him the biology then. And in your mind, instead of imagining, oh my God, what about future pedophile? Think future doctor. Right. F- think future uh, biologist or something, because I think then you won't have that knee-jerk reaction of horror, and you won't be constantly monitoring him. And you can give him the facts, but then give him a feeling, too, that he's not bad, but he can be trusted. When he said, I wish I was dead, that's how badly it hurt him. You know, if, if I did something that I didn't know was wrong... And someone yells at me, like, why did you open that door? You know nobody's supposed to go into that room. Mm -hmm. 
and I thought, oh my God, I did something horrible. That's called an unearned guilt. I didn't do anything wrong. I just didn't have all the facts. Right. And so that that real strong sense of people can just descend on me and give me an arbitrary guilt is powerful. If he links it to touching uh, young kids, then you want to break that connection in his mind by just lessening it, just saying, you know, I wish I hadn't yelled at you when you were younger. Uh-huh. You know, it's just, it's you're learning about uh, biology. You just really need to know that everybody's body parts are private. And you can also see if there are any stories that he would tell you. Maybe there's something going on at school. You know, maybe somebody's touched him, you know. When he was... You know what we're... When he was little, like four years old, him and his cousin were touching Okay, I would call it kitty play in your own mind. Uh Um, I don't know the age difference, but we're right at the end of time, Jennifer. So um, thank you so much for your call, and I hope that helps. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by Drs. Kenner and Locke. Feeling invisible implies that you are not important or perhaps not well matched with your partner. One important type of visibility is intellectual visibility. Intellectual visibility means showing respect for your partner's mind. It is helpful if partners possess roughly the same degree of mental ability and education. If there's a huge discrepancy, it will be difficult to have interesting conversations about topics that you both enjoy. Another important type of visibility is sexual visibility. Sexual visibility means appreciating your partner's body and his or her ability to give and receive sexual pleasure. It means feeling more masculine or feminine in one another's presence. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.